My Seven Chakras, Episode 361. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we help you experience effortless healing, awakening, and abundance. In today's episode, we talk about some really powerful topics, including awakening, DNA activation, star seeds, ascension, crossing into the fifth dimension, and much more with my guest, Laurie, who I'm going to introduce to you in a bit. But before diving in, I'd like to remind you that we've just launched our premier energy mentorship experience called the Action Tribe Energy Circle. You'll find the link in the show notes. If you want to master your energies, raise your vibration and learn from some of the most experienced mentors, shamans, healers, and mystics in 2020 and beyond, then you absolutely must check out our brand new mentorship experience. In fact, this month is all about shamanic journeying to find your true purpose. To learn more, go to my7chakras.com forward slash join. That's my7chakras.com forward slash join. All right, so let's bring on our guest for today, Laurie Spania. Laurie, firstly, I hope I'm pronouncing your surname correct. I forgot to ask you that before our interview began, but let me know if it's correct or if there's some other pronunciation. I want to make sure. You got it. Great. Yeah, Spanya. Spanya. Mm -hmm. So Laurie Ann Spanya is a best-selling author, speaker, spiritual teacher, ascension guide, multidimensional channel, intuitive, animal communicator, energy healer, light worker, visionary, and luminary who assists others to awaken to their alignment with the true divine source, which exists within each and every being, so that all beings can live their best life ever. And as a spiritual teacher, visionary, intuitive, and healer who radically transformed her life after a series of NDEs, near-death experiences while living in Maui, Laurie teaches about ascension and acts as a guide to awakening spiritually-minded Animal lovers, light workers, star seeds, and way shores. So, Laurie, are you ready to inspire? Oh, I'm ready. I'm so excited for our for our conversation today. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I hope that people really will be inspired because there's a lot to feel inspired about right now on planet Earth. Oh, absolutely. So, Laurie, how did it all begin for you? Where did you grow up as a kid? Take us back. Well, where it began was actually I you know, I went to college. I was out of, you know, went through schooling and just like mainstream America. <clears throat> and I worked in corporate America for 20 years out of college. And I used to call myself a good slave. You know, I was on the hamster wheel. And during those 20 years, I was just miserable, AJ. I developed all kinds of unhealthy behaviors, excessive smoking, excessive drinking, um, excessive weight, excessive spending. I had a six-figure credit card debt. Um, and I was going to well-meaning doctors who were pumping me up on excessive, excessive pharmaceutical drugs. There was excessive coffee, just excessive behaviors all around. And so what ended up happening was my brother died of an unexpected drug overdose. And when he died, I literally initially started hearing him in my head, in his voice, in his inflections. And he would say things like, hey, law, is your dead brother, Jeff? He had a New York accent and he was a comedian and it was like he was making a joke because he knew he wasn't dead. And I mean, I can say it that way in that kind of language because it's, it was so, it was funny, even though I was so sad. Right. But that was the catalyst for my awakening. And when that was going on, the big message was, I mean, I had to play with it for a long time. You understand? I had to like work with it. I had to develop, um, my own, um, tool to figure out if I was going crazy or if it was real, you know, and I had to do a lot of what we call validation, like testing, you know, just 
to make sure I wasn't just making it up in my head. Mm-hmm. And that went on for almost, I mean, almost a year. But during that time, the big message was like, you, you're on the same kind of path that I'm on. You're, you're killing yourself, Lori, and you're going to die without living your life if you don't change. So what I did was I quit my six-figure job that I had at the time, and I became a dog trainer because my, my internal mantra was I want to be of service to animals on a global scale. So I was hired by this guy who spent 20 years working for the United States government, training military service animals. When he was done with his tour, he started his own business and he trained and recruited me. And during that time, he would videotape me in high kill animal shelters in um, in California, where I lived at the time. And so I would have to do everything on automatic pilot. And then I would start hearing the dogs. So that just came in like automatically, really. And they would say things like, we're going to teach you. You listen to us, we'll teach you. So that's where it all started. But there's a lot more that comes after that. But that was the catalyst. I started listening to animals. I started learning from them. Got it. And I, yeah, there was a lot more after that. But that's the start of it. Got it. So that's pretty interesting. As you share, you left your previous job and you, you know, pursued your passion of wanting to work with animals and trying to get to know them better. And then through your experience, you began receiving communications from animals, particularly dogs. Talk to us about your first spiritual awakening. Was, was that your first like mystical spiritual experience? And and if if that is, then what exactly happened? Well, it depends on how you define spiritual awakening and spiritual experience, because those were, those were, I mean, I was having just these massive, like, ahas every moment of the day, mm-hmm. you know, everything was just pinging me and every aspect of my thoughts was interacting in a very conscious way with the universe and other intelligences, meaning in this case, animals or the dogs, particularly, and my brother. So that was all big ahas. But to me, that wasn't the massive transformation. What ended up happening was mm-hmm. after a year of working with the dogs, I decided to move my, my, my husband at that time, my then husband divorced me. He was not into this stuff at all. And so I ended up uh, packing up and moving to Maui. Mm-hmm. And when I moved there, you know, Maui, if you, if you understand it's on a, what we call a vortex that um, the Haleakala, volcano and so it what vortexes do energy centers of the earth is they they accelerate and amplify things that's just what they do and so everything was incredibly accelerated and amplified and what was happening was i was incorporating meditation i was starting to connect with angels i had you know lots of so-called dead people Mm -hmm. or loved ones coming to me that i had known family members they would just light up. I was doing all this meditation every night and I was working with a a master um, who lived in the Kunlun Mountains, the Himalayan, you know, like he was lived in in the Himalayan Mountains for his whole life. So he learned how to work with energy and move energy. And he was teaching me how to still completely still my consciousness Mm -hmm. so that my awareness stayed, but all physical experience dropped out. That was a major catalyst because that's how the the so-called near-death experiences happened. They weren't like in a hospital. They were really transformational experiences where I was able to literally drop out the physical reality and still be conscious. It wasn't like astral travel, if you understand mm-hmm. that. It wasn't like I was traveling in a non-physical world, but still in my body and anchored to it. It was my awareness was able to realize that all physical stuff just was not real. Mm. And I was still aware. So we could call that near-death experiences. Then there was one other piece that's really relevant also, which is that on one of the nights where I was meditating through the night, I would I would do it oftentimes on, on my porch mm-hmm. in the backyard. I lived on a golf course in Maui. And, you know, I had what you would call a first contact experience. Some people would call it an abduction. I, I don't use those words because to me, abduction is, is, is negative. A first contact experience in this case was a, what I refer to as a benevolent uh, group of star beings. You could say extraterrestrials mm-hmm. who teletransported me on ship. Mm-hmm. So that's really out there. I get it. But what 
they did was work with my energy field mm-hmm. and my consciousness, my my mental, emotional, physiological, energetic uh, space of being, so to speak, physicality, emotionality, all of it. And they basically assisted me in, we could say clearing out the blocks, we could say rewiring me, all of it. And, and that was completely transformational, all of it. It changed everything. Got it. So we're definitely going to focus on that topic in a short bit because that's pretty fascinating. And I'm sure that many of our listeners would want to learn more. But before that, talk to us about your move to Maui and where were you before that? I was in Los Angeles at the time and I was married. So I went to Maui because when I worked for the gentleman who trained me, Mm. I, I was in a contract that said I wasn't allowed to practice as a dog trainer on in in the same state Mm. or some i don't know what so that was part of it but also i just there was a calling Mm. really there was a calling it was a calling it was like there was no thought that went into it it was just like that's where i'm going got it so yeah i mean i just packed up everything sold a lot Mm. gave away a lot and, and i was getting divorced anyway so yeah i it was one of those leap in the net will appear things got it you know Great. So you moved to Maui and then you found a teacher who was from the, you said Kumaon Hills, right? Because I do remember there's a place called Kumaon near the Himalayas who taught you all the different techniques and mindsets and modalities to be able to master yeah. your energy. And you often talk talk about ascension, right? So what exactly is ascension and why should someone listening to this episode take note? Well, ascension is a terminology that really to me just describes what's going on throughout our, uh, all of our reality. It's happening um, to us in a physical way. Our bodies are literally physically changing right now. It's happening to all human, all humans and all animals in an emotional way, in a mental way. We're all being affected. We see it happening politically across all of our political climate. We see it happening across our entire global climate in terms of geology. Mm -hmm. We're seeing massive change. We're seeing it happen economically. This has been going on since 2012 and even before. So to me, ascension is, is a great way to define it is the evolution of humanity that is right now going on, has been going on, and is accelerating across all socio, geo, geographical, economic, political, uh, personal reality, and certainly spiritual. Got it. And so just break this down a bit. Uh, first, you said there are a lot of things that are happening around us, a lot of signs that we can see that suggest that there's an ascension happening. And you said that it all began in 2012. So firstly, what happened in 2012? And then could you give us a better picture about some of the signs that we're noticing that could suggest that the ascension is indeed happening. Yeah. Well, actually, what I would say is that it began happening in the 60s. Okay. So in the 60s, you started to see the birth of it. Um, for example, um, Woodstock, uh, MLK, Martin Luther King. It was a resurrection. It's meant to be a resurrection, so to speak, mm-hmm. of everyday people rising up and reclaiming really truly liberating ourselves and awakening to higher truths which that's where it started i mean you saw it with john lennon you saw it with um um, um jfk you know there, there was a rising up and this was supposed to happen now it was suppressed in the 60s because i mean there was there was it was suppressed basically and but the the so-called deadline of linear time right. was 2012, and this was spoken in all the great prophecies and all the most, um, you know, the Mayans, and I mean, you you know, the, the, this was correct, recorded in the Mayan calendar. So basically, what that timeline was of 2012 was the end of an old paradigm, okay, and the beginning of a new. But we have to understand that the end of an old paradigm and the beginning of a new is is basically it's not an overnight thing mm. it's not even marked by just the day of 2012 it's marked by a period of linear time where humanity awakens mm-hmm. so that that's that and then when you ask for very specific examples 
I mean, the economic collapse of 2008, there's an economic restructuring happening, the birth of the internet, a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, the initiation of um, massive technological advancement. If you just think 20 years of time, how technologically we have advanced, that technology is the sim- is symbolic in a sense of our internal advancement. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just, you know, you could look at the political climate and how things are changing. You, There's just so much massive change going on in almost every direction to me. Um, and if you, if you look at the old systems yeah. and that which has been incoherent, that stuff is collapsing. And if you look at the new systems and structures, that which is coherent, in other words, that which is serving the greater good of all, the overall good mm-hmm. for humanity, that is what's getting stronger. Got it. If it's in service and contribution to the good of humanity, it's getting stronger. If it's in harm or detriment to humanity overall, mm-hmm. it's getting stronger and collapsing or being somehow exposed. Got it. So on a similar topic, you just, you say that a lot of shift is happening. Obviously, the advancement of the internet and technology, all of that is moving us towards a new state or a dimension. You speak about the fifth dimension. Talk to us a bit about that. Like, what is the, what is yeah. the fifth dimension and how is it different from the dimension that most people live in right now? Yeah. Well, first, I just want to say the difference between the, the dimension that most people live in right now is the third dimension. Third dimension. That's yeah. what the vast majority of humanity live in. And the third dimension is characterized by um, sound, yeah. obviously sound, light, which would include color and space, which includes height, width and depth, the space between you and I, the space in between anything. Right. And that also clu- includes separation. So in a sense, time, as we understand it, is included in space. In a sense, the space between us and God, God in the third dimension, God is something external to us, outside of us, whether we believe or not. Even if you make science your God, mm-hmm. science is a religion of its own in the third dimension, right? People who don't, who are atheists, right? That's their religion is science. So um, that's third dimension. Mm. And it's not like anything, it's just everything's based in physicality. Now, the fifth dimension is where we incorporate the non-physical. Mm. So we would put the fourth dimension as the non-physical, and that includes everything like thoughts, emotions. That includes the mental construct of time, mm-hmm. what we believe about time, because time is, is an illusion. It's based in our construct of our belief systems. Mm-hmm. Um, that includes ghosts. That includes spirits, that includes entities, that includes loved ones who could talk to us from the dead, that includes the perspective of angels and other non-physical. That's 4D. Mm-hmm. 5D is when you start incorporating all of that into your reality. So you're not physically leaving your body in 5D. What's happening is your body and your entire experience transforms to now include all things non-physical. Mm-hmm to the degree that you're willing to interact and work with them and come into the realization that it's real. Mm-hmm. And so what happens, and I'll just, and I'll close with this, is that your entire physiology, your entire consciousness starts to completely transform. So a couple more things on this, and we'll get into this, but you're you, in the process, you will open up your pineal gland and your pituitary glands, your master glands, also known as the third eye. Mm-hmm. You will become much more clairvoyant clairsentient, clairaudient, claircognizant, you will, everyone will become more aware of our abilities to heal ourselves and one another because these are gifts of the fourth dimensional reality. And they they continue to expand into 5D, but you are not leaving your body. You are expanding beyond the limitations of a physical body. Wonderful. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it totally does make sense. Like you said, Action Tribe, if you're listening, the third dimension is where we are limited by the constructs of time, light, sound, uh, length, breadth, height. In other words, we are sort of reacting to what is around us that is already manifested. The fourth dimension is the non-physical, which is your thoughts, your emotions, mental constructs, spirit, spirit guides, angels, other beings. And the fifth dimension is when you when you realize what is the essential truth, you start incorporating all of that. 
to your defined reality and that's when you experience a shift because then when you then you can impress upon your subconscious mind and then manifest all of those thoughts your emotions your mental constructs into your reality so lori yes. uh, you, yeah please go say one thing about that yeah yeah angel and um ascended masters and other benevolent beings do not live or hang out in 4d no okay it's just that's a meeting point they they actually are in much higher dimensional realms right. you can get into that too that was my we question actually them. yeah so what happens after 5d what is 60 and what is 70 if you can give us an overview yeah. you know what's happening there so just think of 5d and it's important to state this too that everything is a frequency bandwidth okay. everything it's like if you're on AM 740, you really can't be simultaneously listening to FM 920. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just a frequency bandwidth. Mm -hmm. That's why people in 3D who don't believe in this stuff and who just disregard it, they really it's you do have to start being willing mm -hmm. to open up to it because if you just dismiss it, you won't you're on AM 640. Yeah. That's it. So when we talk about 5D we're talking about expanding into higher frequencies right mm -hmm. a higher bandwidth of of frequencies energetic vibration yeah and and the speed or or vibrational attunement to those frequencies and and those degrees of knowing and experience that said once you're starting to align more fully with 5D and that's that's part of ascension is what happens is you can continue to expand it's limitless so and the sixth dimensional frequency range which you you asked what's there typically what we have there is universal laws which physics already identifies quantum physics identifies so the universal laws are spiritual but they are also mostly already identified in quantum physics so they both they agree mm -hmm. and you do really have to learn those laws and work with them to some degree or another in a conscious way in order to move beyond 60. Mm -hmm. 60 also has that frequency bandwidth also has what we refer to as the akashic records. So when you're working with the akashic records and accessing them, which many akashic records practitioners exist, I'm a, an akashic records practitioner. Mm -hmm. Um you're you're delving into that realm, you're accessing it, but you might not be vibrationally compatible with it. It just means you're able to reach up sort of into it so to speak energetically. But that's what's there. Now when you start getting into dimensions beyond that that means you you must be compatible with those laws of the universe really before you can go beyond them because they govern our reality they do govern our reality mm -hmm. and there there are there are our guiding force in a sense because when you're expanding into 4D and beyond you're like what's real mm -hmm. i mean that's such a huge part of the experience like yeah. what's real how can i know you're you're just beginning level beginning discernment like what a chakra like all that stuff we start moving into we just don't know mm. so the laws help us navigate our way right once you're really compatible with them and you really understand and you can dive into the records if you want you don't the records just are there for you to understand everything that ever was everything that ever is everything that ever will be that that we have access to mm. every thought every everything that's ever been recorded in right. all of our existence is in those records and we can access them so we can learn right so in any case once you really become compatible with that you start getting the sixth uh, sorry seventh eighth ninth you're starting to work with star families mm. star beings mm -hmm. that's where they're residing our future versions of ourselves our higher selves which our higher self is on all levels on all layers Oh, there's always a higher self version of us every on every frequency bandwidth that's just our awareness expanded mm -hmm. so you know that's what you start getting into and then you can go beyond that of course it's infinite so got it yeah so thanks a lot for that explanation and what i learned from that was that every dimension has a particular set of laws and if you're ascending to another dimension you need to know how the laws work uh, but like you also alluded to when you sort of realize that the dimension that you're currently in the rules the rules no longer serve you it sort of begins to feel very weird right as if you no longer belong in that dimension it's like if you're in the swimming pool and all your life you were swimming in the shallow end of the pool or maybe holding on to the ledge and then 
all of a sudden you go to the deep side of the pool and you know that is where you belong. But then for a few seconds, you feel as if you're going to drown and you have that <laughs> feeling, right? <laughs> until you learn how, until you learn how the laws work. But then for those few mm. seconds, it feels like you're going to die. And I think a lot of people are experiencing that now, the spiritual awakening where things mm. are sort of breaking through and shattering. And for that, for those few moments, they feel as if everything is lost. So what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I, I do, because a lot of that is the what we call the little ego deaths, right. little ego deaths. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the ego identity you don't lose your ego by the way in 5d your ego just transforms okay. to be a vi- the vibrational compatibility of 5d is is generally love mm. peace kindness compassion whereas the vibrational compatibility with 3d is fear anxiety mm. worry lack limitation desperation um, all of that so when the ego is having a little death, it might go, oh my God, I can't swim. Oh my God, I'm going to drown. Mm. Oh my God, I'm going to die. And then when it sort of transforms, it's like, oh, I can float. Oh, this is so much better. I feel so good. Mm. I feel so relaxed. The water is supporting me. The universe is supporting me. I'm loved. This mm. is peaceful. That's the transformation. So I love your water experience. Like that that story. That's a great Thank example. You. I've got a few more experiences. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a few more analogies, which I'm going <laughs> to share. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, so talk to us about your uh, abduction experience now. Uh, where were you? What were you doing? And what exactly happened? Yeah. So, <clears throat> I was living in Maui at the time, and um, this was all pre two thousand twelve. So, I really was very naive. I had no idea really about anything ascension. I mean, I just heard some storyline about two thousand twelve, but it was still, I think it was two thousand seven or six when this happened anyway so it was like still i was very naive in my own way and but i knew that there were a lot of ships that would come over maui i mean they would even have stuff on the news even in maui about you know sightings okay so because the news traditionally is just chronic negativity network and one everything in mainstream media that's where um the fake news is right Mm. that is pure propaganda and there's always an agenda behind it and 99.9% 99.9% of it is not true, real, right, or accurate. Yeah. So, but in any case, that that I believed. And so I would go out and kind of like look for them sometimes. But the main thing was that I go out there and meditate. And on this one night, and understand my six, my, my time in corporate America was, um, I, a lot of it was in um, the satellite television industry. So I knew what satellites looked like in the sky. Mm. So this two o'clock in the morning, I was meditating on the golf course and um, there was there was like a, a light ship very low down, way too low to be a star mm-hmm. and way too dramatic in its circular movement. It was not moving across the sky like a satellite would or like an airplane would. It was moving in a circular motion mm-hmm. continuously. And as I noticed it, I began to interact with it. I was already very telepathic because I was doing animal communication and telepathy. I was opening my psychic gifts. I wasn't skilled in it. I was a practitioner, like a very early practitioner, but I knew enough. I was just like, wow, if that's really an ET ship, can you show me? Can you drop down? I didn't know. And it did. It, w- it did a very dramatic drop down. And then I was just stunned, right? I I did that a few more times, like mentally, tele- telepathically, just engaging in that way. And I remember my last thought was when I realized, like, I was really dialoguing with the ship because that went on. I was like, very naively, mm-hmm. well, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. Because I just thought they were here to help us. And in this case, fortunately, that's what it was. But they're not all here to help us. They're, they're, at least they weren't all, and that's before 2012. So anyway, I was telepath. I was um, transported onto the ship. So this became very bizarre, very bizarre experience because it was like, it was not physical, right? It was seventh dimensional. It was plasma, mm-hmm. like a plasma state. I became a fluid plasma type of state. I was teletransported on ship. And from that moment, I uh, the whole experience was I had free movement. Mm-hmm. 
I could think the thought, a door would open, there were cameras everywhere, there were beings everywhere, they were all aware of me and my movement. They interacted with me, they communicated with me, there was there was um, an implant made. I, I, if I knew that, I wouldn't have agreed to because that was just weird, but there's a story behind that. Um, anyway, I, that's, it's a long story, but it was a real experience. And at the end, I remember saying, I want to go home. And they were like, good. They wanted me to want to go home. Mm. They wanted me to identify that home was on earth. And I was teletransported back. Plasma state, mind altering, just beyond. Now I can talk about it in a more coherent way, but it took me a long time to unpack it. You know, a long time to make sense. So. Anyway, so these uh, beings that you saw inside this inside the spaceship, oh, do you remember how they looked like? Yeah, but I also know that a lot of them made themselves. Um, they had the ability to shift into a physicality that was acceptable to me. Mm. Do they look that like was, humans? Then? Yeah, they were humanoid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they were intergalactic. So, I mean, I know who they are now because I've interacted for so long with them. I mean, I identify them as my star family. Okay. I, I identify them as intergalactic, multiple star family races from multiple planets. And um, uh, I identify an aspect of, 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 of one of them to have been my future self. Okay. Who, what I call, braided in with me. So, I have full memory of my whole life. But I also have a lot of conscious awareness of that future version of me who braided in with this version of me that I am now to become who I am so that I could assist. Got it. And I call that, I call that a sacred appointment, a divine appointment. Wonderful. <laughs> so these were humanoids. Uh, and uh, do you remember like how big they were, how tall they were in relation to an average human being? Because I'm sure that our listeners are curious and, you know, want to get another glimpse into. Well, I will say there was some insectoid on there. Okay. There was, there was everything. So there was like a, like what would seem like a flea looking like being. Okay. And most of them looked though very human. Mm. Just very human. There was, I remember, I'll never forget like when I walked out mm. a room where I was like under observation and there was like this camera room and there was a, a man who had very blonde, beautiful blonde hair, very tall blue eyes. We would identify that as Palladian mm -hmm. from the Palladian star family race. And he was just monitoring everything on the ship and all movement. And there was nothing being hidden from me. Okay. That was the point of that, of me seeing that is like everything, everyone's watching. There's nothing being hidden from anyone and not from you either. We're not here in secret. There's nothing being, you're not being stopped from any free movement. We're not controlling you. Right. That was the message. And it was all very telepathic, although there were some exchanges of words when I got the, when they gave me the implant, there was an exchange of words. Got it. It was, it was oh, are you willing so we can stay in touch with you? And I was so very altered. Mm -hmm. I later had it removed. Got it. <laughs> That's Got it. a whole other Got it. So you spoke yeah. about your galactic connection, galactic family, your star family, right? And you often talk about these. What do you mean by that? And what, through your experience, have you found? Where are you from originally? Well, this is what I mean. This is what I mean by star family. Yeah. When I say star family, I'm using a more progressive word of ET. Okay. Because they don't refer to themselves so much as ETs. That's right. not their word. That's our human yeah. word. Because we haven't understood them. So the the beings that I was interacting with yeah. were in what we call intergalactic, which means multiple planetary bodies working together mm -hmm. as a group for the greater good of humanity and for the ascension of humanity, which is a liberation of humanity. Because in the third dimensional paradigm, yeah. that paradigm and that reality that we've been existing in is controlled, dominated, manipulated, lied, coerced, based on fear, domination, manipulation. Right. That is that reality. And we don't know. Mm -hmm. We are not aware that our own government officials are corrupted, 
beyond what we can possibly understand. We don't know in that reality that the benevolent ETs literally tried to work with our government and said, the only caveat of working with us is that we wanted to be in service to everyone with harm to none. And our governments would not agree mm -hmm. to that. Um, we don't know that our governments have been doing massive um, crimes against humanity. We don't we can't even fathom that. We can't fathom that they're behind all the most horrendous acts that have ever happened. Mm -hmm. That old paradigm. And that's what we're breaking free from and liberating ourselves. That's not so much what I'm here for. I'm just here to help humanity awaken, right. you know, but that comes. In. It's I'm not a truther. I don't think we should get lost in any of that. That's just part of that experience that we're being liberated from. Mm -hmm. So when we go to the star family races, they are benevolent, mm -hmm. the ones I interact with, and their desire is to serve and contribute to the greater good of humanity with harm to none. Ideally, obviously, we can't control everything. We have a free will reality we're operating in, and their desire is to contribute to the ascension and the awakening process that's and the and the liberation process of humanity as well as the spiritual process which Got is it. all part of ascension so they go action tribe these are benevolent beings they want good for us they want us to ascend they want us to awaken and um, you know turn away from some of the negative stuff that the governments are especially engaging in which we might not even know of now, uh, Laurie, from your experience, one other thing. yeah, please go ahead. Can I say one other thing? There are lots of not benevolent ETs. Yeah, yeah. Lots of those. I don't interact with them. They won't refer to themselves, I don't think, as star family. Correct. They don't, they're control, domination, manipulation, and they were involved in the old paradigm, the old, and that matrix of reality of the third dimensional paradigm. They were involved in the secrecy, the coercion, the manipulation, the domination and the fear-based frequencies. Makes sense? I get it. This is out there. For totally some, makes sense. I'm glad that you're... Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm doing this on purpose so that we can consciously, as a listenership, expose ourselves to other ideas and concepts uh, because this is important and uh, we need to have a conversation around this. Uh, so from your experience, how many different races are there or maybe oh, you have you know, come in touch with and more importantly, why isn't everyone aware of these races? Why do they not appear in front of most people? Okay, well, I don't know how many races there are. I think there's infinite. Yeah. I, I just don't even know. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I just, I know the ones that are most closest to our galaxy. Yeah. I know the ones that interact with us. And I know the ones that are members of my star family. And, um, I mean, just, but there's infinite ones, right? So, and I know the general ones that tend to be more benevolent, and I know the overall ones that are old 3D paradigm. I mean, that could take another 20 minutes to go into. Right. But what was the second part of your question um, that you said? My other part was, why are these races, oh, why, why don't, don't they appear in front of the general public, right? Okay. I love that question. Yeah. The reason they don't reveal themselves and is because they're at a seventh eighth, ninth, tenth dimensional frequency. Okay. So if you're hanging out at a frequency that's like this, this is the average frequency of the human. They're they're watching it's their voice sounds a little like this. They talk really fast. I, I, I gotta get my Facebook, gotta get to my ping pong ping ping. Gotta yeah. fix this that, that energy. That's not their frequency. Mm. They just don't vibrate there. That's not an energetic match. And if you just look at law of attraction, that energy does not attract or resonate with this energy of everything's fine. It's peaceful. All is well. We're doing great here. Everything's fine. We're here to serve. We're here to mm. help. We love you. We're all is well. You have to be a vibrational match. They're not interested in self-harm. Right. They're not going to put themselves around someone who would take out a gun and shoot them. Mm -hmm. They're just not interested in that. And that's that old paradigm, right? Of fear-based frequency range. So that's why they don't just drop down in front of anybody. They really do have to. And the other issue I will say too is in the old paradigm, the third dimensional paradigm, yeah. that paradigm is a service to self paradigm. Correct. All about service to self. That's not their frequency. Their frequency is service to the greater good of all with harm to none. Or certainly um, service to self, the sense 
to the degree, like put your face mask on first and then serve others. It's that kind of, so it's to the greater good. So that, that that's just it's a frequency match. Got it. So, so what you're implying is, and you can tell me if that is correct or wrong, but what you're, from what I understand, what you're implying is there might be multiple races or species living on earth along with us, but in different dimensions. Yes. And the more we ascend to another dimension, the more that we will notice these different beings that were always among us, but we're just not, uh, we, we, we were not able to see, perceive them. We were not able to see them. And so my next question comes to the, you know, these mystical beings like the abominable snow monster or the Yeti or Bigfoot. And people notice them sometime, right? Especially if they're on for a mountaineering quest or like a trek and they notice them and they, and it just disappears within a couple of seconds. So are these yeah. beings sort of porting from one dimension to the other? Yeah. They are. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. They are they are real. So when you're talking about like Yeti and uh, and Bigfoot, those are interdimensional beings. They could be associated frequency range with extraterrestrials yeah but they are they're dimensional absolutely and they they are peaceful mm. they're not here to be to, to be disturbing us so uh, that's why they're very elusive they're not interested in interacting with our you know with the frequency that's fear or aggression based Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing that and this is something I'm sure that our listeners sort of intuitively knew but just that additional confirmation always helps, right? So what is source consciousness and how is that different from our higher self? Because you've alluded to a bit to our higher self, that the fact that it exists on every dimension. But then how is that different from source consciousness? Well, when I use the word source, source was a word that was given to me like by source because we have so many different words for God. Right. And the word God basically invokes all kinds of beliefs and belief systems, religious programming, unconscious programming that we're unconscious of, even in the scientific community. I mean, you immediately say that word and you're going to have a resistance to, with a lot of people. And so that is a block, so to speak, for our advancement mm -hmm. in a sense, because we have so many preconceived ideas about that word. Yeah. And it's not a bad word. It's just it 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 ends up becoming an, a hindrance if we if we're unconscious. So, source is a word. There is an original source mm. of all that is, and the truth is, it is all that is. It is all that is, and in quantum physics, they'll call it the God particle. Right. Regardless of what word we call, I just. I was given that word, like some people, sometimes I'll refer to it to creator, mm -hmm. but even that word has, you know, it's it, the original source isn't even a creator. Yeah. It is all that is. Mm -hmm. And it basically through its own awareness became decided to become aware of itself in separation. So it created its own self in separation, but, but it, the original source is just all that is. So if you're working with all that is, and you want the highest, clearest, purest, most original, you like you're a truther. Like I want the truth. I've been a truther my whole life. I needed to know, like where, how do I get that? Mm. How do I get that? And that's for me. That's what so much of where my information comes from, and so much of how I process and develop my discernment to a large degree. Because we're in a massive transformational awakening process here and everything we ever believed to be was true true is so much of it even in the spiritual realms is not true mm. not true real or accurate and especially even stuff from our religious documents and organizations and groups has been misconstrued and we have to re we have to relearn everything really remember <laughs> what's been there all along right so that's where source comes. That's my word. Source. I, I'm not the only one who uses that word. Got it. That's, that's, yeah. Thanks a lot for sharing. Yeah, it totally does make sense. When I think of source consciousness, what comes to my mind is like a huge sun, uh, which from which everything is has emitted and is being emitted from. So that's a really good uh, 
imagery also. And uh, thanks a lot for sharing your perspective on it. Let's talk about DNA now. You, you know, you often talk about DNA activation. So what is DNA activation? Uh, can I just say one more thing about the source thing? There's always a little lingering piece of information. Oh, yeah. I just want to say it's not outside of us. Yeah. It's really not outside of us. And this idea, like this will be a little mind-blowing, but we're not actually a soul. Mm. We're not actually a spirit. We are awareness. We are that source. We are all that is. Mm-hmm. However, our awareness that we're functioning through is identifying at a frequency range as I am a person in a body. And to the degree that we are aware and to the degree that our frequency is expanded, we recognize ourselves more and more as that source. Mm. And we vibrate in harmony as that source more and more. But this is part, again, part of ascension. So it's just important to say that. And the other important piece about that before we go on to the DNA, that's just important to say is that, the ascension and awakening process, the evolution of, of all beings, including Mother Earth herself, the nature realms, the nature kingdom, the animals, plants, minerals, all of it, that is a very, very intimate relationship with our own self. Mm-hmm. So while there are some universal truths that are our guiding forces that can help us on our journey of awakening, it's so intimate and personal that it's up to us, us each to self-realize. We self-realize in a very intimate way and we can help and support one another. And, and we can't deny certain truths like cause and effect is a law. Mm-hmm. If I drop something, it's going to drop. I mean, that's cause and effect. Cause and effect. Right. You can deny it all you want. It's a law. So, you know, law of attraction, people may or may not believe it. It doesn't matter. It's a law. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a su- what I call a sub-law. Mm-hmm. But, but my point that I'm making here is there's some things you can't deny. They are our guiding forces. And there are other things that are just so uniquely personal that it's up to you and your, you as source to unfold for yourself. So I want to make that clear because it's not for me to tell someone else what source is really in yep. a sense, right? Okay, but I, in the most simplest terms, we are God. Mm-hmm. That's the simplest term. We are, God. we are God, and and we have all of that within us. So, okay, but the DNA. This is my one of my favorite topics. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, in the old paradigm, our DNA is basically in the third dimensional paradigm. We have two strands of DNA yeah. that are active, and we see and perceive perceive ourselves mostly to be victims of that DNA. So, for example, if you are a person who has breast cancer in your family, you might choose to have your breast slice off as a preemptive measure. For some bizarre reason, it's completely forgetting that the that the issue is not in the breast. The issue is in the DNA. Mm -hmm. Like so ridiculous. Like this is the half ass stuff we do in third dimensional paradigm. Um, You know, if you have diabetes in your family, you, you know, might behave a certain way, not realizing that actually. Those first two strands, Mm -hmm. we start to realize as we wake up, are simply records of the ancestors. And yes, we could say your past and parallel lifetimes, right? Past and parallel are really kind of the same thing in a sense. But they're just codes of information and blueprints that were inaccurately read. Mm. And I call them um, corrupted. it's not entirely corrupted because if you're beautiful, healthy, strong, it's not corrupted, right? Because that's the original human blueprint is healthy and strong and well. But if there's something in there that says you could get diabetes or breast cancer or any other dis-ease, even if it's poverty, that might not be consciously coded into your DNA. You might not see that under a microscope because a scientist isn't looking for something necessarily that says uh, poverty mindset. But there's codes and blueprints in the DNA that are basically the records of your ancestors that were unresolved or resolved. And you're playing them out in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with them. And it could even be relationship issues. It could be anything. So the idea is in third dimensional paradigm, nobody is really conscious of that. They're just victims of their DNA and they don't really understand it. And they don't operate in an appropriate way. They go to a doctor, cut things out or slice things out or who knows what. Okay. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just bringing 
awareness about it. That's been our game. That's what we did. Right. Now we're all part of it. We're we're waking up out of it. Now, as we start shifting and awakening more of our <clears throat> consciousness and and expanding our consciousness, we also know, <clears throat> excuse me, already scientifically that there are ten more strands. Already, science now proves in, indicates that they're dormant. Yeah. That's because of what we've done in the higher realms, by the way. Science validates things after we are aware of them, not before. Science validates after consciousness says this is real. Right. This is true. So in any case, 10 more strands, dormant DNA, according to science, trying to figure out what's it good for. Well, I'll tell you what's it good for. Once you start activating that, each strand starts to correlate to additional dimensions of reality that you can access. Mm -hmm. As you access more dimensions, as you activate more DNA, you are able to access more and more dimensions. So if you think about it, third and fourth strands of DNA correlate to moving out of the third dimension and into fourth dimension. Fifth strand of DNA correlates to really accessing and anchoring into 5D and so on. Now, what happens with those next three strands? Your psychic gifts start coming online. You start becoming more intuitive. You start trusting your gut instinct. You start recognizing like, oh my God, there is more to this airy fairy stuff. It's real. Like, oh, I can talk to angels. Oh, I can communicate telepathically with animals when I learn how. You know, I'm just as intuitive as any, anyone else. We, we all have these gifts. You start realizing you can be a healer. You also start changing your diet in a very dramatic way because the body wants more light. Mm. The body doesn't want to take in death as much. The body doesn't want as many dead animals in the body. It wants light food. It wants greens, nuts, seeds, berries. It wants lemon water. It wants more alkaline food. It wants superfoods. This is why people are becoming more conscious of this stuff. So, right. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so this is what happens when we're activating that DNA. Now, look, the, the early strands of the dormant DNA are getting activated a, a little bit more um, passively for people because so many of us light workers mm -hmm. are actively doing it in ways where we, when I do it, well, let me just take a breath now. I want to structure this so it comes out in a sure. coherent way. <clears throat> when I'm doing DNA activations for people, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to take a step back from that. In order to get to the other 10 strands of dormant DNA. And by the way, there's way more, yep. way more than 10. Strands. It's only 10 that science has discovered. Right. The reason science hasn't discovered the others is because not enough people have physically activated it mm. to make it real in the physical world. Right? Yeah. But we are doing it. I do it. I do it all the time and I do it with huge groups of people. Now, there is like almost like a code. There's all kinds of codes and blueprints in the DNA. There's templates. And when you talk about in getting inspired, there are templates of inspiration. There are operating systems for glad expectation in those later strands where people don't live their life in a 3D way. We live our lives like, oh, I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah. Let me go home and get a beer and watch TV, mm -hmm. kick my feet up. That I'm just going to turn on chronic negativity network, CNN. That's the old paradigm. Oh, hum, life sucks. And then you die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. So there are codons in the further strands of DNA for divine inspiration, divine enthusiasm, glad expectation, optimism, joy, hope. You start living your life with that. Mm -hmm. That's your daily way of being. Okay. But going back to what I said, was about to say, there is in the DNA between the two strands, the first two strands and the other strands is a codon or a gene, we could call it. I don't know if science has recognized this, but I do know it psychically, intuitively, and from all the work I do, that that codon is, it's like a, um, you could call it like a gateway in a sense, but it's not a gateway um, to activate the other genes. It has to be activated first. Do you have any idea what it is? Nope. <laughs> put you on the <laughs> You do. You do know what it is. It's a compassion gene. Compassion gene. Okay. You actually have to have the energy of compassion. Mm -hmm. And there are people in the third dimensional paradigm that really don't have it. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Dick Cheney is missing a heart for a reason. There's no compassion. Mm -hmm. He has no compassion. He has no ability. 
to activate these other strands of DNA on his own. Mm. Now, this is just true of some of those people. It's not a political statement. It's just, he has no heart. He has no compassion. It's, it's, it's literally as obvious as it can be. His name is Dick. <laughs> his last name is Chains. Mm. He's, he's nothing but Chains. Mm. Okay, so he's a dick in Chains. All right, so not to get political. Let's stay with it. So you have to have compassion, really activated. You have to be resonate, resonant, energetically, vibrationally compatible with compassion to get into the other strands, to actively awaken them. That said, once you do that, you, you really do have to actively participate. They don't just get turned on by themselves. However, because of the work that us lightworkers are doing, we're able to go into our lineage. Mm-hmm and activate for our lineages. So therefore, many people are getting spontaneous activations without actively participating. And this is happening for many, many people. Their DNA is getting spontaneously activated. That's why more and more people are becoming desiring. That's part of why, along with the ascension process overall, they're wanting to meditate more. They're wanting to listen to interviews like this. They're wanting to become more kind. They're wanting to serve the world better. They're being more inspired to change and do better for the world. This is happening. Mm. Nonetheless, as we actively work with DNA and actively participate, there is more and more codes to be activated, more and more. And it is dramatic. It is incredible what we can awaken within ourselves. So, but, but, to, a, to some degree, at some point, you really do have to actively participate to get to the really good stuff. That's that's the key. Makes sense? It sure does make sense. Uh, you know, the fact that with the light workers and people who are actively engaged in the awakening process, it also benefits people who are currently not that active, but are, you know, experiencing the corresponding effects of the collective consciousness, which is a great thing. Uh, so Laurie, what is yeah. that one action step that you'd like to share with our listeners today based on what we've discussed so far? Oh my goodness. Okay, I can give a, a, more than one because this is me. I'm like always over the top on things. But number one, if you don't already meditate and haven't learned to meditate, start. Um, if that feels too big, get yourself guided meditations because it's much easier if you're being guided also, community, so important. Get yourself involved in group activities where people are already doing this. Reiki, I mean, I'm going to Reiki master. I have so many healing modalities under my belt now. Reiki is a great place to start, but any form of healing circle, because when you're in those circles, your frequency, your vibration will start to rise and match the highest frequency of the group. Naturally, things will start opening. Of course, actively participate in any form of activations that you feel called to, whether they're DNA activations or, I mean, I do sacred key code activations in the DNA, any form of spiritual healing that feels good and right for you. And if it doesn't feel good and right, if you, if you try it and you don't like it, you can try something new. Those are all first steps. Also, start eating cleaner and healthier, as much outdoor nature time those are the basic go-tos, right? But they get you on the journey. And then willingness, willingness, desire, intention to just ex- to expand, to awaken, to ascend for your betterment, spiritual growth for your betterment. Spiritual growth is at the root cause of every solution for humanity and every solution of your life, spiritual growth and transformation is the cause and the cure. No question. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. It is now time for our wisdom round, uh, which is basically four questions so that our listeners can take note and take action, after which we're going to continue our conversation and go deeper. Now, this extended conversation is one of the numerous bonuses available to members of our Action Tribe Energy Circle community. Action Tribe, to learn more, go to my7chakras.com forward slash join. That's my7chakras dot com forward slash join all right so laurie what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received in one sentence oh my god this is a really good question mm-hmm. oh my god i re- really require some thought what is the best piece of advice i ever received 
I, I'll tell you one of the best pieces, at least, that's coming up right sure. away is one of my teachers said, it's so simple, be still, do nothing, do nothing, just be. Got it. Let Take some time and just be. Like literally, she told me, stop everything. Just be for a, a, a long time. Like, don't look at the computer. Don't turn it on. Don't answer your phone. Turn it all off. Put it away. Go walk barefoot in nature. Just be. I think I'll do this. I think I'll do that. This feels and follow what feels good and right with harm to none. Just be. If you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who is currently living or dead, who would it be? Okay. I feel as though I can uh, spend time with anyone who is dead. So if I could really bring kind of bring them back to life and turn back time, it would be my first dog, Kenya. Okay. Got it. And uh, what is it one thing you do in the morning or maybe in the evening before you go to sleep that has improved the quality of your life? Uh, meditate. Got it. And I would say also energy healing, which to me, energy healing is not something you do when you get sick. It's something you do every day to identify all the unconscious beliefs and thoughts and programs and energetics and clear them out. So those are the two things I do on a daily basis. Got it. And there's more. My practice, my rituals. Yeah. So Laurie, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? And particularly, I would say a book on the conversation around the DNA activation, because I also want to learn more about that. Oh, you know, I, I have to say about the DNA activation, I never no book about that. read any book. Okay. I learned, I've, this is part of my learning, and I think this is really part of my ET stuff. But um, you know what I would recommend? Actually, a great way, a great person is Viana Stiebel and Theta Healing. I, did, I am a Theta Healer. I did learn that. And she teaches a lot about that. Okay. Viana Stiebel and Theta Healing. It's a fabulous, okay. fabulous modality. Fantastic. So that's a book, uh, any of her books on that topic area. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks a lot for sharing Action Tribe. Would you like to listen or receive one book for free? Because audible.com is offering all our listeners one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial. The thing about audiobooks is that you get to listen to the author who is reading out the book to you as opposed to reading the book itself. To get your free credit, go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book. That's my7chakras.com forward slash free book. So Laurie, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how we can find you. Okay, so first I just want to say, there's I have tons of books on Amazon. If people want to learn about animal communication, telepathy, we didn't talk as much about that today, mm -hmm. but I have books that I've written about how to communicate with animals, also how to open your psychic gifts and develop your psychic gifts and workbooks there on Amazon, also um, manifestation. Anyway, if they go to Amazon, search my name, they'll find those books. In terms of how they can contact me, they can get some great free gifts from me at um, lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts forward slash DNA. They can get a free activation, a DNA activation from me, plus a class on how to activate it and why it's important plus a lot of other free gifts there. They can get a free gift about knowing about your star seed family if they go to lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts forward slash star seed. They'll get an ebook as well about what the different star family races are, what the star seeds are, what the indigo family tribes are. We didn't talk about that as much, but it's in that whole realm. Mm -hmm. And they can get that free ebook. They'll love it. And I'll just spell my name too, because of course they can find me on YouTube and there's tons of videos and healing and activations and classes that I've put on YouTube. So it's Lori Spagna is L-O-R-I-S-P-A-G-N-A. -A. That's my name, Um, So yeah, and I love to hear from people and I love their feedback and I love, I interact on the videos. I try to anyway, so on YouTube. So, but uh, what am I grateful for? I'm grateful for this now moment. I'm grateful for you, AJ. I enjoyed our conversation and I, I know we have a little bit more time to go with the, with the group. Um, and I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm always grateful. I'm grateful for this now moment. I'm grateful. I love my service. I love what I do for me. This is part of how I'm of service just by sharing this information. And obviously people get to use their discernment, but that's part of how I serve to just share wisdom, consciousness, and, and ascension related information. So 
Thank you for having me. I'm grateful for being here. Well, it was great to have you on here, Laurie. I really loved some of the topics that we touched on. And I'm going to do my own personal research now to get to know more about uh, what we discussed. Uh, Action Tribe, we are now going to record an extended session, especially for our Action Tribe Energy Circle members to upgrade and listen to the entire uncut edition of this episode. Consider becoming an Action Tribe Energy Circle member by visiting my7chakras.com forward slash join. That's my7chakras.com forward slash join. And for those of you who are, who are still listening, if you are on Instagram, then take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram so that I can share your story with our community. My handle is at my7chakras. That's at my7chakras. So thanks a lot for joining us on this episode and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at My7Chakras.com. That is My S-E-V-E-N Chakras.com. <laughs>